Hey guys, just a quick note. Um, some of the sound here, I did my best to try to make the parts that were too quiet louder. There wasn't much more I could do to it, unfortunately, to make it any better, but you should have a better time now listening to my narration. Just be aware of the fact that the video clip parts are still going to be louder than me talking, so don't, you know, turn it up without being aware of the fact that it's going to get louder, you know, here and there. Um, I decided to go ahead and redo this because it was, the quality was just so bad that despite the fact that I was able to put together all of the chronological events, that my sound was a distraction that people didn't need. So I hope that I've done my, you know, I've done enough to make it like more watchable. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. Hello everybody, and welcome to what I'm hoping is my final cut of my video regarding the Kyle Rittenhouse incident. Uh, I've done a couple of versions of this, you can see on my channel, but I feel this one is the most complete. Um, it is my intention to try to provide as little editorial as possible in this video. I do have some conclusions that I came to on my own, uh, but... Um, one of the things that I think led to me making this video was that I was kind of astonished by the amount of polarized rhetoric that was going around that just did not reflect the reality of what took place. There is currently a very toxic environment in discussing anything that goes on between groups like Antifa, the Patriot Prayer, the Proud Boys, etc. And I understand that those two groups are in conflict with one another, but something that should not be a partisan issue is the truth and we can have different opinions about things we can support different things but the truth of something should be paramount it should be important to any thinking individual and if you can take a look at the art that i use for my show i think you kind of get an impression as far as to what my specific political leanings are that is that i feel that the right-left paradigm itself has kind of become something that's just an excuse to not do your own thinking. But, you know, I do have my own political leanings, and so to demonstrate that, this was my ballot from the 2020 primary. I voted for Bernie Sanders. I also voted for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Uh, before that, I worked for Senator Mike Gravel, who was a progressive senator who ran for president in 2008. And I have generally been a left-leaning independent my entire life. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is that another major assumption that continues to happen um, in the various complaints that I've gotten about the videos and conversations I've had about this topic is that people immediately assume that anybody who thinks that Kyle Rittenhouse was not a murderer must therefore also be right-wing. And that's just not the case. I went into this... Uh, basically as an investigative journalist looking at the situation I actually originally my gut instinct was that he must be some kind of crazed you know, active shooter I came around to understanding that that was not the case and that's because I did my own thinking and my own research and I put that research together in the work that is this video in the description for this video I will be linking a blog that I will use to put more information down, provide sources, give you clips or anything that I you know, might have missed. And if there's anything that needs to be updated, I'm totally willing to update anything that's in my video. I've already done it four times. Um, and with that said, I want to get into the video itself. This first clip that we're going to see is Kyle Rittenhouse being interviewed. 
He's standing out in front of a business that uh, was one of the businesses apparently the owner had requested that a group of uh, individuals come out to guard these businesses. Now, there's something that needs to be pointed out so that you understand the backdrop of what's going on here, and that is that uh, the cops had been moving the protesters kind of back and forth over a portion of the city. And the there was a group of libertarians who are the armed people who get listed as right wing um, later on, and just you know by various people's impression. Um, but anyway, uh, the libertarians were located both at a business that was boarded up after having been burned, and then another group of libertarians is seen at a gas station. So um, there were conflicts throughout the evening that you can see in other videos. Uh, where the protesters are coming into direct conflict with the libertarians. And generally, what the conflicts are usually about is that at one point, protesters are throwing bottles at the uh, armored police vehicles, and the libertarians call them out for it, so then that enrages the protesters. And, the, the, you know, and then later on, there's an argument over a dumpster fire, which I'll show you plenty of video of. Um, the irony of the fact that they were arguing over a dumpster fire is not lost on me, but that gives you kind of an impression that generally the atmosphere in the air was that the the protesters, uh, or I would actually have to say the rioters in this instance, were the ones who were primarily arguing um, with the libertarians, resented the presence of an armed group that was challenging their ability to burn things and destroy things. All the All the conflict between these two groups you know, basically amounted to that was please don't burn things, please don't break things. And uh, there were people in this group that, you know, were even willing to, if necessary, threaten violence to defend their right, quote unquote, right to burn things. Um, you know, again, not editorial. You can look at the videos yourself. If you have any trouble finding the videos of what took place before this, I'll be happy to help you with them. But that's what they were arguing about, whether you think they were right or wrong on either side. Protecting from the citizens, and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd. So you had non-lethal, but you, you didn't respond. We don't have non-lethal. So you guys are full-on ready to defend the property. Yes, we are. Now, if I can ask, can you guys step back? Medical EMS right here. I'm an EMT. There's a medic right here if you need help. We're going to go over here. I need cover. I need cover. Now, one of the major reasons that I included that clip first was to clarify something. Uh, one of the major things that I continually hear from people is that supposedly Kyle was just there to shoot people. That's the, the dialogue that keeps getting passed around, that he specifically showed up at this event to hurt people and that he had no other motive for being there. I'm going to tell you now, having spent the better part of you know several weeks, you know, not weeks, but days at this point, um, spending a long time going over various clips and, and watching the videos. And one of the very common themes, and I'll point it out throughout the course of this video, is that you're going to hear Kyle Rittenhouse 
frequently asking people if they need medical help. That was fairly obviously, at least from anybody I would say would come to the same conclusion, if you're looking at this with an open mind, his motive. It, it seemed to be his primary you know, interest in being there at all. So I just wanted to clarify that because there are, there's plenty of other video of him asking people for, you know, if they need medical help. Uh, but now we're going to go down. See, that was actually the business that uh, Kyle was originally stationed at or basically operating out of. Further down the road, there's a gas station. And the gas station was the site of a lot of the arguments I was talking about between the libertarians and the rioters. And leading up to this instance was but right before this, uh, there was arguments over throwing bottles at the cops. And so now we're going to go ahead and hit play here. And I'll point out key players in this story. <laughs> Look at all the hostility that just erupted between these two crowds, specifically because somebody was pushing a dumpster fire towards a gas station and another group of people put the fire out. This is Joseph Rosenbaum. We'll have more on him later. This right here is Rosenbaum, the first guy who Kyle shoots later. So here's Rosenbaum, the first victim, is pushing a dumpster. They lit a dumpster fire. He was pushing it. You can see this in the other videos. Now, a militia goes over, a militia goes over with a fire extinguisher and puts it out. Rosenbaum becomes enraged. There's a militia with the fire extinguisher, and you'll see Rosenbaum comes up. So, that's obviously Rosenbaum, the first shooting victim. So let's take a moment to talk about Joseph Rosenbaum. Joseph Rosenbaum is the first person who later gets shot, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and I think it's important for me to make it clear why I decided to do the little bios that I put in the course of this video 
in this video, but it's to give you a little bit of a backdrop as far as to understanding the disposition of the people in question going into this conflict, but also to clarify uh, some just outright mess and lies that I've heard, because a lot of people have denied that any of the people that were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse were anything but kind, benevolent souls. I actually have a separate video entirely about this topic that you can look at on my channel, and I'll be making it available in the blog that I'm going to link to this video. But let's take a look for a moment at who was Joseph Rosenbaum in brief. This is Joseph Rosenbaum's sex registration, um, sexual offender registration. This is no longer available because when someone passes away, they expunge these, they delete them. Um, this, so this video, this picture was initially passed around and people said, well, it was obviously faked because when I looked it up, I couldn't find it. Well, the reason why, um, this picture is available to the people who found it before it was expunged is because, you know, it was available then it's no longer available now. Offense statute, sexual conduct with a minor, um, shows when he was convicted and, uh, moving on. This is from uh, his prison inmate record. I couldn't fit the whole thing on here, but two uh, sexual conducts with a minor, interfering with a monitor device. There's also a huge laundry list of violent offenses he committed while in prison. And I'm just going to be blunt. The guy raped five boys between the ages of 9 and 11 years old. All the details as far as to the nature of those crimes you can find and you know, again in my other video specifically about Rosenbaum uh, I also made a blog article that will link you to every piece of information you need including the case files etc etc so uh, again a lot of people tried to deny that this guy was anything but a you know a good person but the truth is is he was pretty obviously not a good person So this guy is really upset that somebody put out a dumpster fire and he's getting up in people's faces and threatening to hit them or to whatever because they put out his dumpster fire. Look, he ran off. He ran off, What he at? What he at? They're trying to find the person who put out the fire. They want to fight the guy who put out the fire. Think about that. So this is Gage Grosskreutz. He's another person of interest in the events of uh, the evening. Uh, he... I guess was functioning as a medic on the Black Lives Matter side of things. Uh, and he's uh, one of the individuals who later gets shot but survives. To give you a little bit of background on Gage, Gage was arrested for burglary. Uh, at some point, this got expunged from his record. And again, people denied that this happened, but here it is. And he also had a firearms charge uh, for, you know, being armed with a firearm while intoxicated. So again, um, 
just taking a moment to clarify this was the guy's background, this is who he was, and you'll get to see his involvement later. This is Anthony Huber. Anthony Huber uh, is another one of the people of interest in this incident because he's one of the people who gets shot and killed later. And he also had an interesting past. Anthony Huber was a repeat domestic violence offender. And you can see pieces of his record here. These were his mug shots. And... So we have second degree, recklessly endangering safety, use of a dangerous weapon, domestic abuse, strangulation and suffocation, false imprisonment. Uh, so basically he eventually plea bargained down. Um, that's why there's like multiple. These are all part of the same case. And um, so that being said, uh, he had a long violent history of his own. And people have since denied that as well, but that's pretty clearly the truth. That guy had a, a violent criminal past before even showing up to any of this. This is a bit easier to read version, but uh, you get disorderly conduct, battery, repeat offender, etc., Now, the reason I'm playing this other angle is just to kind of give you an opportunity to be able to see it from multiple views. Some of this is kind of redundant, but the reality is this Rosenbaum guy was looking for a fight. If there was anybody who was coming to this thing looking for trouble, it was this guy. You can see this Huber guy right here is getting pretty aggressive, getting up in people's faces too. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he was one of the first people to get, you know, to jump on Kyle later.
we're still arguing why did you do that why did you put out the dumpster fire because that's something worth having a gang war over apparently and again here's huber being aggressive again up in the front of all this Now, this individual right here is probably one of the least talked about that I think is actually probably one of the most important people of interest in this incident. Uh, his name, uh, at least the one he goes by now, is Alex Blaine. Uh, his actual name will be revealed shortly because Alex Blaine is an alias. And his motives, at least in my assessment of why he would want to hide who he really is, have to do with his background. So this is his current profile picture that you can find on Facebook, Alex Blaine. You see the tattoos here, the tattoos here. If you look harder, you'll also find a Facebook account with the name Joshua Zeminski. Joshua Zeminski, actually, in my view, looking at all of the various criminal records that I had to look at when I was assessing what happened here, has probably the longest criminal record of any of them. So much, in fact, that I actually had to put together just highlights of his criminal record. So this is actually kind of spliced together of multiple cases, but just to kind of give you an idea, robbery with use of force, disorderly conduct. The robbery with use of force dismissed on prosecutor's motion, pled guilty to uh, disorderly conduct, so he plea bargained. Then you've got endanger, safety, use of a dangerous weapon, carrying a concealed weapon, disorderly conduct while armed. It was the final plea, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there are plenty more where this comes from. Uh, if you want to get the full gist of it, uh, I couldn't even put it together without it taking up too much of the video. But you just look up his name, which you can find right here, Josh, uh, Joshua Joseph Siminski. This is all a matter of public record. Uh, he was also brought up multiple times on not paying child support and other offenses like that. But moving on. So that gun right here is actually the first firearm that get, gets fired when all of this goes down. And I'll get into that more later on in the video, but it's one of the reasons why I was saying that this is the guy that people should be talking about that nobody's talking about. You know, nothing says Black Lives Matter like a white guy repeating the N-word over and over again. was actually a protester picking up a cone and throwing it one of the libertarians and then he threw a flag at one of them again look at the hostility just we're arguing about a dumpster fire <laughs> um, this guy felt the need to pull out and rack his weapon 
Now that guy just said, I say we jack them and take their guns. Some people had thought that that was Rosenbaum because the guy had kind of a similar accent, but I actually don't have any evidence. In fact, from what I've been hearing now from reliable sources is that Rosenbaum at this point was still over at the gas pumps. Um, the woman who just passed through will talk about her. So here in this clip, you can see uh, Alex Blaine, a.k.a. Josh Zeminski, uh, with his pistol in his right hand, pushing the dumpster fire. Um, Zeminski is later charged with arson related to that dumpster fire. On his right is his wife, Kelly Zeminski. Um, I wasn't able to find much on her that was really relevant so far as any kind of criminal activity. She's got a lot of, like, um, you know, getting caught driving with a suspended license kind of stuff. Not really that big of a deal, but she is relevant later in the story. Now, they're pushing their dumpster, and down here is the business that Kyle Rittenhouse is operating out of. Are up there. We need water. Yeah, we got a fire. Where? Oh, dumpster fire. Yeah, just a dumpster fire. Hey, it's just like the year, man. <laughs> yeah, right. If 2020 was a blunt, it would yeah. be just the fucking stem. It would just, yeah, it would just be stem and seed, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I could use a doobie right now. Hey, cover me. I got the All right, let's. Hey, 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 hey. You reel in. Pussy, that's what's up. Reel in. Reel in. Don't cause problems when there's none here. Now, that guy's the only person in this group that I saw outwardly trying to get into it with anybody. And unfortunately, him doing that, his outburst kind of leads to a similar confrontation that's about to take place in front of this business. Yeah, that's true. Just stay on your property. Let it let, just do, otherwise you're gonna pop, there's way too many of them. Protect your property down the street! Protect your property down the street! I have to agree with her. Protect your property down the street! Protect your property down the street! Protect your property down the street! I have to agree with her. Yeah, they shouldn't be on the street. They're just protecting their property. One yeah, of the guys, one of the guys is an asshole. I know. I thought they were yelling at them. I was like, "Why?" Oh, no. These guys well, were, well, we did. Well, they lit it on fire. One of the, one of the guys losing his patience. He should go inside. Yeah, that's what we're about to send him. Yeah, if you guys could switch him out, just yeah. somebody's a uh, loose cannon. He he's got a lot of rage. He says the wrong thing. This whole crowd burns you guys alive. Yeah. Protect your property. They're respecting that. Just take, keep it there. Hey, let's keep it moving. 
one guy. We're not handling the off the ball He's just trying to protect his property. He doesn't want anything. He's not, he has no problem with you guys. He just wants, doesn't want anyone to burn down his shit. I can't blame him. Kyle Rittenhouse, the dumpster fire. I understand. Hey, hey, your job isn't to be in the street. You gotta stay on your property. That's why you got problems already with people. You're about to hear Kyle walk up to the guy from the rundown who's trying to get everything to calm down, um, discussing that his motive is to give people medical attention. Here you have Alex Blaine. We know what's in his hand that's in his pocket. It would be his firearm. No one bothering your property. Don't 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 look for trouble or anything. A medic? I know you are, but like they got their own medics. You know, if somebody's close by, take care of them. I know you're just trying to make peace. I get that, but they don't look at it that way. They look at you guys as it's 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 a different. It's as much as you guys were afraid of them before they marched down here. I know, but like. What a conversation you're having. So over here you're gonna see uh, Rosenbaum, who now has his shirt on his head. This is his plastic bag that he's carrying around with him. In his other hand is actually a chain. There's a bit of a confrontation going on here that Rosenbaum is once again in the center of, of course, as he made his way over here now. Um, Kyle is not part of this conflict. Uh, he would be standing over here somewhere quietly, uh, but they're getting into it with one of the other militia guys. Hey, if you guys aren't involved in this quarrel, get out of here! The protesters are leaving now because the police are again pushing back up and telling them to get away from the business. Back away from the business! I Put that up! Put that up! Police, put it up! Big fat, thank you, chariot! Rosenbaum in his chain. The crowds are. Now, I just added this thanks to the uh, input of some of my viewers. Um, these are taken from another channel, and I'll credit that channel in my description, but and it actually says here from the Discuss channel. And this kind of fills in some of the holes as far as to what took place between Kyle Rittenhouse and Rosenbaum uh, that is not accounted for in any of the video. Um, we went into the, uh, into the crowd and started asking around, seeing if anybody was hurt. And there were a couple people that were hurt. applied for a state and uh we was a gas station which is in the center of where all this happened uh, 
me and Kyle, Kyle was kind of like tagging along with me through that. And we got up in a crowd and, you know, the first victim and somebody else stopped us and started yelling at us. And that's not the video that everybody says is the video because that wasn't caught on camera. But uh, he made threats and we were just like, hey, dude, we're just chill out, man. It'd be cool. And, you know, he reinstated his threat and we're like, whatever. And then me and Kyle started walking off again and somebody else came up and started yelling at us. And then he walked off and got separated. And there, but so the oh, yeah. the first uh, victim of the shootings, um, he he was he made threats that were not on camera. Correct. And then, uh, what what do you remember? What he was even threatening? Um, he seemed to have a problem with the folks that were out there guarding the businesses and whatnot. Right. Um, you know, we saw that that exchange between him and another guy earlier in the night, where he was, you know, telling him to shoot him. Yeah. And. With me and Kyle, it was if I catch one of you along, you're dead. So he he definitely the theme of the crowd is not that everybody hated you guys, but that guy definitely no. that guy yeah, definitely, definitely had some didn't. issues. Yeah. What are you doing out here? Obviously, you're armed and uh, you're in front of this business we saw burning last night. So what's up? So this is actually uh, McGinnis. Um, who's one of the witnesses later interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, and it basically speaks a lot to what Kyle's motives were for being there and also just the setup that the militia had had. People are getting injured, and our job is to protect this business, and part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle, because I need to protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. There's some other people who are armed as well. Gotcha. And then, uh, what about these guys up on the roof? Their right? job is to provide overwatch to protect me also. Gotcha. They're protecting everybody on the roof. Understood. And, and we're running medical. We're going in or we're getting injured. And what about, are you, are you from the area? I am from the area. What brought you out here tonight? You just wanted to provide medical attention? Provide medical attention to people that need it. Somebody's injured. Like, you get hurt, I'm grabbing you. Have you encountered any issues yet thus far with law enforcement or anything like that? So we went to the church and we escalated the situation found that they need to leave or they will be detained and arrested. This church right over here. And we sound the fire out all the way down at school. Wow. Do you think it would have been different if the police had to try to stop them from, from setting the fire? I feel like there would be a lot more casualties in the law. So I think the police are fine with their head. Understood. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Oh, you're a certified EMT? Yeah. Gotcha. And do you work as an EMT normally? No, sir. I don't work as an EMT. I'm a 
Gotcha. And then before we're army infantry, I got a whole bunch of travel trackers. Now, the reason I provided this clip is that it's the um, basically kind of clarifies because uh, Balch and McGinnis and Kitten and Rittenhouse, uh, after this, uh, interview, then moved on to go see if anybody was injured. The interview was taking place in front of this gas station, and the business is down there. So here's Kyle and McGinnis and Balch. Today's been a long year. Now, going off of what Balch said, and he also in that same uh, Discuss Channel interview does say that um, the, all of the like the separation happens sometime after the interview with McGinnis. Um, but we have here a short time later, Kyle returns to the gas station without Balch. This would have been when they got separated, as he said in the, in the other interview. According to Balch's testimony we saw earlier, the conflict between Rosenbaum, Kyle, and himself... It took place off-camera, wherein Rosenbaum said he would kill one of them if he caught them alone, would have had to have taken place in that time. So that would have been right after the clip I just showed you, and right before the clip I'm about to show you. Does anybody need medical? Okay, guys, so CJ's live is down. Direct them over here. We're a team. It's a group effort. This is Mercado Media. So two things I want to address here. Um, one of them is, if you remember from the interview that we just watched, he talked about Kyle getting separated. Um, another thing I want to take a moment and address is these gloves. There have been a lot of people that have been suggesting that he was obviously up to no good because he was wearing gloves to hide his fingerprints or something. Um, if this guy was really worried about getting away with something, you know, it's not like he was a sniper off hiding in the dark trying to conceal who he was. You know, he did interviews voluntarily. Um, you know, he was very public about what he was doing. This is not somebody who's trying to conceal their identity. And to suggest that is just asinine. The, the confirmation bias level on people who are just looking for anything they possibly could find that was negative about this guy, specifically because they don't like his politics, you know, it's just mob, nasty, ridiculous, out of control, irrational thinking. But anyway, so um, this is, again, him being separated, trying to get back to his group. And we'll take it from there. He just asked if anybody needed medical again. Okay, I work, I work at that business. I'm at that, I am at that business, sir. 
So this is basically right before everything is starting to heat up as far as to like when the incidents begin. Uh, Kyle overhears that there are people headed to the car source car lot to burn it down. He grabs a fire extinguisher and heads that way. Along the way, he is spotted by Rosenbaum, Blaine, and Kruger, who decide to pursue him with plans to jump him. Now, a lot of uh, clips, including some of mine, before showing Kyle with a fire extinguisher, uh, people thought that that was a clip that was somehow in context with the dumpster fire, and it wasn't. Kyle was not present for the initial dumpster fire confrontation, so he's getting a fire extinguisher for a different reason. And... I guess apparently in Kenosha they had already burned down one car lot. There goes Kyle. Let's check it out, right? Oh gosh, I not This is actually McGinnis, um, the witness later, and uh, I'll actually be having some video of. There's Kyle Rittenhouse. Asking about medical again. Now, somewhere in this crowd, you'll be able to see it a little better, um, is Rosenbaum and Alex Blaine and Kelly Zeminski. They see Kyle running by and then they decide to follow him. There's a clearer view of Rosenbaum there. Tall person behind him is uh, Alex Blaine, the first shooter. Need that trash can to put their garbage out. Oh, he's blocking the road. Asking about medical again. Now, in a moment, you're going to see Rosenbaum accelerating, like running up. He's right there. If you listen really carefully, you'll probably be able to hear it. I know I can hear it with headphones on, but he um, he says, "Let's get him." So 
So that was Let's Get Him and Kyle saying friendly, friendly, friendly. At a certain point, I heard uh, some yelling, and I turned and saw basically Kyle by himself uh, running, and a number of other individuals running. And that video picks up uh, after a few seconds of a chase, where Kyle basically ran from the street into that parking lot. Okay, so I put this graphic together to give you an idea of where everybody stood when this first incident started. This particular scene is very important because it makes it clear that Kyle was walking and then he was suddenly running, and the reason that he was suddenly running was because people aggressively moved at him. Mostly Joseph Rosenbaum, who charges him at this point, but you also see Alex Blaine and Kelly Zeminski kind of step forward. Alex Blaine, you know, moving forward and saying something along the lines of, you won't do shit, motherfucker. Um, you can't make out what Kelly says in this scene, but um, this also kind of gives you an idea of where to focus your eyes in some of the upcoming clips to understand exactly what it is that you're looking at. But this scene is important because it also kind of clarifies, you know, what Kyle's position is at this point. Because... Shortly after this, he's being chased, then he hears a gunshot, and he turns and fires. It was that gunshot that led to Kyle, you know, basically ceasing to try to retreat and instead turning to defend himself. Now, before we go any further, it's very clear that Rosenbaum is the one who started this by chasing after him. I imagine he probably said something, too. But when you go back to the earlier video, think about what Kyle's thinking about this guy at this point. And at this, this is when the first shooting is about to happen, so pay attention. And a further note, because of new information, Kyle is thinking at this point that this guy told him that if they caught him alone, or, you know, that they would kill him. And the individual pursuing him was the one who got shot. So knowing that, I and knowing that. Kyle was a young man who had an AR-15, or what looked to be an AR-15. My first instinct was to tell everybody to chill. So you can see, actually, in one of the other angles that I'm kind of running after them screaming. And Kyle, actually, once he gets cornered where that car on the wall is, he basically turns around, and the man goes for his gun. Kyle avoids him, and then, and then that's when the shots are fired out. Now, this is really important because that's the eyewitness testimony that is included in the police report that was, you know, that was basically used for the warrant to arrest Kyle Rittenhouse. It was that McGinnis, who is literally about five feet behind Rosenbaum, running behind him with his camera out, um, and I'll point that out in the video in case anybody missed it, um, stated that Rosenbaum reached for his gun. 
Um, there'll be more on that later because I'm using a clip where somebody takes a piece of that police report. Uh, but according to Wisconsin law, the moment you grab somebody's gun, now you are just as armed as they are. That's McGinnis right there. Did you hear them say, get that motherfucker? Yeah, I heard that too. And that's why he starts leaving. So I'm getting reports of a shooting. Somebody got shot. Not okay, guys. Not okay. We got gunshots. We got gunshots. Now, this particular journalist uh, later on in his video stream said that he saw somebody shooting over here and kind of just haphazardly shooting as moving away without really looking at what they were shooting at. Uh, that confirmed one of the things that you're going to see here as I move forward into the video because there was an overhead view that was featured in a Fox News clip where there's a third shooter identified who's just kind of like lackadaisically reaching his gun out and shooting it as he's running away. Alright, we got there's get that motherfucker then the crowd was moving up on him going off live guys we're going off now i added this on here because there's a lot of gunshots that are in like the two major videos of the shootings that are not accounted for that were not fired by kyle um so somebody here put together uh multiple shots tracked and you're going to see like a puff of smoke in front of this shot that was taken from a completely different angle which was actually the first shot fired and i get the feeling that you know, I mean, if you're running from somebody and you know he's got people with him and you hear a gunshot, you're going to turn around. And what did he turn around to see? Well, there's a guy getting ready to jump on him. He has no idea what that guy's up to. Um, I mean, he could assume that guy's at least going to try to beat him up. So then you hear another gunshot, and that's honestly what I think ignited everything afterwards. So eight shots total, first uh, shot fired. We'll take it from here. Make sure you pay attention over here on the left for that first shot. Puff of smoke. Yeah, that's Antifa, man. Oh, we got a gun, baby. Oh, 
They shoot Fuck you! They shoot him. Oh, he shot him. So over here was the guy that fired the last three shots that are later visible over the top of this SUV. And if you rewind it a little bit, you'll see the guy's hands out, and he's not even looking at what he's shooting. Um, so anyway, we're going to continue. Get back. Now those three shots that are fired over this SUV or minivan are important because I've heard a lot of different people say a lot of crazy stuff about what supposedly happened here. People keep bringing up that Rosenbaum apparently had a shot in his back. Um, when you watch this video, there's really no way that Kyle could have shot him in the back unless it was as he was falling. Um, but anyway, so those are all the shots that are accounted for with all the video I could find, but clearly a shot taken by somebody over here, and then somebody shooting over this SUV, and Kyle Rittenhouse's shots. So now we're going to take a moment to really kind of dig into Zeminski's involvement in this situation. And some of the video I'm about to play is mildly redundant because you just saw it, but I really want to hammer this point home. Um, Zeminski is really the catalyst that caused all of this to take place, as Chansey Long uh, another YouTuber is about to illustrate in one of the clips I'm about to use. By the way, the picture on the right is his mugshot, because as a result of this documentary, Joshua Zeminski was arrested. Unfortunately, the DA let him out on a $1,000 bond. Now, how this guy is still walking around, I really have no idea. And if you look on my channel, eventually Mr. Zeminski decides to go ahead and engage with me, and he comments on my video. I can uh, put a card to that video and the conversation that he and I had, um, up in the, you know, basically up in the corner for you. But anyway, um, let's look at this more closely. Yeah, that's Antifa, man. Oh, he got a gun, baby. Oh, he shot him. Now I'm going to slow it down to point out a very curious thing. 
Notice how everyone in this frame runs after hearing the first gunshot. But both of these people, a tall man and a shorter figure walking together, have a casual, nonchalant gait. Even after the next blast of gunfire, they continue to saunter as normal. This reveals that the gunshot in the air was not a spontaneous thing, but a strategic behavior of some kind. The chaos that erupts after fails to disturb them. It's that first gunshot that begins to take this encounter into fatal proportions. Fleeing from his assailant, Rittenhouse hears this close-range gunshot and knows he can't run away from a bullet. With his back to the shot, he's thinking they're shooting at him. And even though we know they aren't, we also know that there are nefarious motives afoot. Rittenhouse turns and still doesn't shoot until Rosenbaum grabs at his weapon, at which point he shoots him. Yeah, that's Antifa, man. Oh, we got a gun, baby. Oh, they shoot him. Shot him, man. Shot him. Shot him, man. So just like the um, female YouTuber, who I will credit in the um, description, pointed out, these two are still casually strolling along, and multiple gunshots have been fired off. Laid him out. He laid him out, you guys. He laid him out. So now he's going to turn around and you're going to hear him, um, you know, basically trying to direct the mob to go get Kyle. He started this whole thing by firing off a gunshot, which led to Kyle to, um, to believe that he was being fired on, led to Kyle turning around and shooting Rosenbaum. Now he's going to come over here and ignite the mob to go after Kyle Rittenhouse. Dude, run and did it. Take screenshots. That dude shot him. That nigga just shot that dude. Cranium that boy. He just shot a man. Now this video um, is taken from further down the street, as I say here in the description. I will eventually point out Gage Grosskreutz running towards the scene. Taking the people away. Oh, I just heard that. So we're going to walk down from... 
Oh shit, that's gunshots. That's shots. They're shooting. They're shooting. Uh, shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, it's real gunfire, yeah. Shots fired. I don't know where it's so I'm, I'm just passing 61st Street. Yeah, yeah, 61st Street. Somebody just got shot, guys. We're gonna be very careful here. You guys could share the stream. I'm not gonna get anywhere close if it's an issue. Yeah. Oh god, dude. Oh Jesus Christ, bro. Oh my fucking god, dude. They really shot. They really shot. They really. They someone. Did you hear the shots? Yeah. Shots fired, guys. Shots fired. There goes Gage Grosskreutz. Now he's reaching, he's got his hand basically behind him with his gun. Um, I don't have a picture of that, but it was being shared pretty widely that he had his gun behind him as he was running up on this scene. Now, Gage's motives, in my guess, would have been that, you know, he apparently had been functioning as a medic um, throughout the evening. But regardless, um, that's him running to the scene. No, commenters, it's fine. Commenters, are, you guys are good. I'm talking about the people that have platforms and restream. There's still shots. There's still gunshots. There's still gunshots in the city. They're shooting. They're shooting now. Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse is right here. Right there. And Gage Grosskreutz is actually going to run up and talk to him. I have video of what goes on between the two of them that we'll get into later. That's Anthony Huber with his skateboard. Oh, no, 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 that's not the shooter. That's not the shooter. That's not the shooter. Fucking A, dude, this is how it happens, dude. This is how it happens, dude. Now he's on the ground. Oh, shit, shit, shit. He's shooting, he's shooting, he's shooting, he's shooting. Get down, get down, get down. Shots. Why are you shooting? Now, what you're looking at here, um, I added later also, this is Gage Grosskreutz's live stream that was apparently running. Um, for those of you who don't know who that is, Gage is the guy who eventually has a pistol in his hand that he points at Kyle, and he's also the guy that Kyle, like, shot his bicep off. Um, but anyway, so one of the, the really important part about this video is that He's Gage is going to run up on Kyle and be like, what are you doing? And Kyle literally says, I'm going to the police. Hey, what are you doing? You shot somebody? I want to get police. Who shot? Who shot? Hey, stop him. So I'm going to take a brief break in the action here to address Gage Grosskreutz, who has recently started commenting on my videos. I won't go into all of the details, as most of it is just slinging insults at me, but... One thing he did ask me is, what would you have done? Well, I can tell you what I would not have done. If I saw a kid running with an AR-15, and he looked at me and said, I'm going to the police, 
and was running directly at the police, I would not have helped someone else convince the crowd to try to apprehend him. What's really interesting about all of this is that if Kyle was really the crazed active shooter who was just there to hurt people, you would be dead as fried chicken, as the video is about to show. So to answer you, I would have followed him to the police and told the police what I knew. That's it. This action that's about to happen is partially obscured, but one of the new things that I learned after I had made the first edition of this documentary was that Anthony Huber actually hits Kyle in the back of the head with his skateboard while Kyle is still standing and running. This is why Kyle actually stumbles and falls, and it's also why Kyle thought that somebody had hit him in the back of the head with a baseball bat, which is something he tells the police in testimony that you can find on YouTube. First guy shot, tried to stomp him in the head. Next guy shot, Huber with the skateboard from earlier. There's one shot fired off here. This guy here actually has a gun in his hand. He's about to get his arm blown off. Right there. Now I included this picture because there's been a lot of argument about whether or not Gage points his gun at Kyle. Um, and I actually also took a clip here from the recent video that the Rittenhouse um, legal team put out about this because when Gage walks up on him and Kyle has his gun drawn at him first, Gage like puts his hands up, like feigning as if he's going to surrender or just not, you know, engage. And then as soon as Kyle lets his guard down, Gage moves at him again and points his gun at him. Third protester fakes as if he's surrendering, then suddenly advances with a handgun aimed at Rittenhouse. A single shot strikes the man's right bicep. So this is the picture that the media was using um, to indicate, you know, that this, here you have Gage's hand up in kind of like a um, posture of, okay, I'm not going to shoot you. Kyle's looking at him, and he hasn't decided to shoot him yet. He hasn't raised his rifle yet. And then Gage, after doing that, chooses to engage him further, and that's when Kyle shoots at him. Now, listen again, because you're going to hear a bunch more gunshots that aren't accounted for. And you can see this guy over here. If Kyle really just wanted to shoot people, you know, he could have shot this guy. The guy backed off, put his hands up. Kyle noticed he wasn't a threat and just started making his way towards the police. 
Those are the gunshots I'm talking about that are not accounted for. We don't know where they came from. We don't know who fired them. Um, but they clearly were not from Kyle. Another point about those shots is that there are videos that are taken from, like, further down the street uh, where those gunshots are much louder, like, over here, which would lead me to believe that the gunshots that we're hearing that are not Kyle were being taken by somebody over here. I don't know who it was. Um, we've never been able to figure that out. Another interesting little mystery was that the first guy who tried to stomp Kyle in the head um, kind of limps away. Uh, nobody ever identified who he was either. He's trying to turn himself into the police. The police are driving by him. Now, there are people that are making assumptions that this means the cops didn't care or that they supported what Kyle did or that they were in on it or whatever. It's important to remember that that all went on way over here, probably about, I don't know, two blocks away. So the cops don't even know what happened. So I wanted to take a moment to give some parting thoughts on this issue. Uh, I made this documentary quite a while ago, and at the time in question, I actually still have a spinal injury that makes it very painful to sit in computer chairs. Fortunately enough, I now have a desk that allows me to record from my bed, um, otherwise I wouldn't be able to do it. But anyway, um, things that have happened since then is, as I noted in the video, uh, Joshua Zeminski was arrested for his firing of the firearm. Um, the DA seems to just be interested in kind of coddling, you know, the people in question, like, because they just let him out on a $1,000 bond. And immediately after the shooting, they still just went ahead and burned down the car source and destroyed all of the cars. They were systematically destroying Kenosha at that point. And I think, you know, some of the other points that come up now is the reason why I went ahead and did this, aside from the fact that Gage Grosskreutz, you know, decided to start talking to me on YouTube, is that there are still people spreading total lies about this topic. And I think at the end of the day, what it really amounts to is that they don't like Kyle's side of the politics. But he could be a full-on card-carrying, Trump-supporting, white supremacist, whatever. That doesn't make him guilty of murder. I mean, I still run into people who say that he just randomly fired into the crowd. I still run into people who deny that the people that Kyle shot happened to be criminals. 
And again, I want to clarify, the only reason why I put all that personal information up about who those people were is another one of the things that people are lying about is that they're saying that, no, they weren't criminals. And yes, they were. Um, I mean, just plain and simple. Zeminski, who gets the least amount of credit for everything that took place, was the biggest criminal of all of them. So I've had several videos on this topic. I've interviewed people and talked to them about it. It is my hope that someday I might be able to participate in making a much more refined version. The most I could do is try to do my best to fix the sound, and it's really difficult. Basically what it was is um, my headset was not plugged in all the way, and I was not aware of that until after I had already recorded all of the narration, which I did in one sitting because I needed to get it done pretty quickly at that point. I had literally hurt myself worse by sitting in my computer chair for two weeks working on that project. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, please consider doing so. I have no intention of monetizing my channel at this time. I don't do this for money. I don't, you know, I do would like to have a larger audience just because I feel that the point of trying to get the truth out to people about different topics, whether they're right or left, is important enough to me to motivate me. You know, that's what I do with my free time now, um, as I'm currently in a wheelchair and unable to get around and do the kind of activist journalism that I did back during the Occupy movement. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, you'll find a lot more videos. I'm actually just going to go ahead and put together a playlist of my various Rittenhouse-involved stuff. And thanks again.